Welcome to the Terry and Jesse show on this first Friday of August. And boy, you better put your seatbelt on because I have a friend of mine named Barbara who's going to tell us about her story and how pain was really instrumental in bringing her to the Lord Jesus Christ. I like to say, as Bishop Sheen says, pain is God's megaphone. It gets our attention. So wait to hear this interview. It's going to be something you're going to really be inspired by. Now, uh, I just want to uh, mention that uh, we have the gospel and we have Fulton Sheen. So let's uh, do the first Saturday, first Friday of of the August to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter thirteen. We've been continuing to read that all week long. So Jesus came to his native place and taught the people in their synagogues. They were astonished and said. Where did this man get such wisdom and mighty deeds? Is he not the carpenter's son? Is not his mother named Mary and his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? Are not his sisters all with us? Where did this man get all of this? And they took offense at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without horror, without honor, except in his native place. And in his own house. And he did not work mighty many mighty deeds because of their lack of faith. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. That gospel, what got me on that, and I think it will get you, as it said, and he did not work many mighty deeds there because of their lack of faith. I wonder sometimes in our world today, are we not getting the miracles that would come if our faith was strong? And I know one of my friends, an Opus Dei priest, who's written many books, he said, one of the reasons uh, the faith isn't being passed on is because many people don't feel they have, be, they have the trust yet to trust God that he's going to take care of them. They really, truly believe they need to take care of themselves and that's really sad. Uh, and, you know, that's what we're up against right now. We have a lack of, of trust, a lack of faith in the world today, in the church. And I even believe that many people in the church, even the hierarchy, have lost much of their faith because they're going to secular principles and saying, oh, science tells us this. Oh, this is psych psychiatry tells us this. And they forget the word of God what the church talks about, divine revelation. The Bible is without error. And when you get people like Father James Martin, who says things like, hey, you know that first book of uh, Romans, chapter 1? They, they got it wrong. The, uh, St. Paul just doesn't understand psychology. He doesn't understand the science of sexuality. And he's wrong. And out of humility, I say, Father James Martin... We're going to pray for you because you're wrong. The church is right. The Bible is right. And out of charity, we're going to call you out with a one and two punch. One, call you out and say, Father, repent and believe in the gospel. And number two, we're going to pray, pray, pray you back into the church. Yes, we're going to offer prayers and sacrifices for the conversion of our leaders in our church who have lost the faith. And many of these leaders, 
They don't even think that the deposit of faith is even around anymore. Why do I say that? I just say that because look at what they say. Oh, we have a new magisterium. No, 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 no. This is not uh, like the Ford dealership who says we, we have a better idea. Jesus Christ, this crucifix is who we worship. No priest, no bishop, no pope. And they can't change what Jesus Christ taught. And so in this gospel, I'm convinced that part where he says, and he did not work any mighty deeds there because of their lack of faith. And I'm saying that I think a lot of the deeds aren't being done because of lack of faith. So keep that in mind. Also, I want to encourage you. It's coming up this month, August 28th, 29th, and 30th. The Opus, An Opus Angelorum will be here at Sacred Heart Chapel for three nights, starting Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And it starts at 5.30 with confession, 6.30 Holy Mass, 7.15 the conference. And this is a great opportunity for you and for me to get closer to our guardian angel. And then there's also silent retreats coming up. I'm going to be on one later in August. I'm going to take four days and be up at the Prince of Peace Abbey in Oceanside every year. This is my silent retreat to shut up and listen to God. So I would encourage you to do that. Also, I want to really encourage you to spend October 14th here at the Sacred Heart Chapel for a day with Fulton Sheen. Can't think of a better saint, and he will become a saint. His beatification was held up. We're going to talk about that at the conference and much more about his writings. Man, great man of the church. So if you want to join us, go to vmpr.org. That's virginmostpowerfulradio.org and register for that event. And then, of course, coming up after or before that, I should say, September 2nd, the first Saturday of the month, are you ready for this? We're going to hold a prayer vigil from 12 noon to 3 o'clock. My wife will be talking about reparation in the Eucharist. Matt Arnold will be talking about Bishop Sheen's philosophical teachings, which are so practical. We have the good doctor coming to talk about the world's first love, the Blessed Mother. What does Sheen have to say about that? Then, of course, I'm going to talk about what did Bishop Sheen have to tell us about evangelization? Why was he such an evangelist of the 20th century? Why did he bring more souls to Jesus Christ than anyone else in the Catholic Church? Was it his Life is Worth Living show, where he would get 12, 15 million people to watch the show? He would get tens of thousands of letters a week writing to him? We're going to tell about stories of people who came to know the Lord Savior Jesus Christ through his teachings, through Jesus Christ's teachings that Sheen would teach, you're not going to want to miss that. That's the 14th of October for Fulton Sheen. And then the 2nd of September from noon to 3, we're going to have a special message from John Henry Weston, from Doug Berry. This is going to be a powerful three hours. Why are we doing it? To pray for our leaders in the church, from the Pope to the local cardinals, to bishops, priests, deacons, all the clergy. Why? Because we're a mess right now. We have cardinals saying things that are contrary to the perennial teachings of the church. Now, 
I know Lady of Akita talked about this in 1973, but we're living it right now. So what do we do? Do we get mad? No, we pray. We make reparation and still have your peace because remember, who are we worshiping? Jesus Christ. That's the key to living our faith today. And I really will say this, that uh, Cardinal Seurat is one of those good cardinals who's really teaching us the what we call the perennial teachings, the deposit of the faith. Here's a statement. He says, the church is not made to listen. She is made to teach. And this is one of the mistakes that what's going on right now. And I'll just give you one more quote from the good cardinal that I think is just spot on. He actually does an examination of conscience with the brother bishops and cardinals. He said, we bishops ought to tremble at the thought of our guilty silence. And what he means by that is where are all the bishops, other than a handful like Bishop Joseph Strickland, speaking up for the faith and calling things the way they should be? And this is something that we all are looking for. And I think that a Bishop Strickland hour that we have every Tuesday is something where people can really uh, you know, get, get something out of uh, here's an example of a straight-shooting bishop. He says, it's a travesty that these things are even proposed for discussion. He's talking about the Senate starting in October. And Bishop, she bishop Strickland says, I pray that all who truly know Jesus Christ will not be deceived by this path. The gospel welcomes all to repentance and sanctity. If there is no repentance, the barriers to sanctity remain. And I always love this, that you know the, the way into the church, the path into the church is not acceptance, it's conversion. And when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about a woman's conversion. Barbara is her first name. And she's going to share her own testimony of how she came into the Catholic faith in a very powerful way. And then she started putting on Divine Mercy conferences out in the Riverside area. And she's doing one right now, October 7th. And Father Don Calloway will be there. Bishop Joseph Strickland will be there. We're going to talk with her when we come back from the break. I think you're going to be impressed because she is a woman of faith. You know what I say? I'm too blessed to be stressed. I'm too anointed to be disappointed. If hope was money, I'd be a billionaire. Come back, you'll see my hope is in Jesus Christ. And I've got an interview with Barbara. I'll tell you her love is in Jesus Christ too. Stay with us, man. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. I have a good friend of mine that I asked her to come on and give her testimony. This is a woman of faith. Her name is Barbara. I'm not going to tell you her last name, but let me tell you, if you've been to her conferences, you're like, wow, this woman is putting on good conferences. She has a conference coming up October 7th, the Feast of the Holy Rosary. Father Don Calloway, Bishop Strickland, Father Father, Father um, Frank Pavone, and many others. It's going to be great. Barbara, welcome to the Terry and Jesse Show. 
Well, hello, my brother from another mother. How are you doing, Jerry? <laughs> I'm too blessed to be stressed. I'm too anointed to be disappointed. And if hope was money, Barbara, I'd be a billionaire. Barbara, I wanted people to know your story because your story is a story of faith. I mean, I have a, a line from Bishop Sheen. He says, pain is God's megaphone, and it gets our attention. Can you tell us a little bit about your walk with Jesus Christ? Um, my walk with Jesus actually started when I was seven years old and awesome. I received my first Holy Communion. Yes. I was dressed in my beautiful little outfit with my veil and mm -hmm. I received Holy Communion and I went around the entire day saying, I am Jesus's bride. I love it. <laughs> and even though, you know, like typical young adults, I strayed from the church sure. for a period of time. I never stopped believing in our Lord Jesus. Mm -hmm. And my faith and my trust in him was manifested a little over 30 years ago wow. when, um, like you say, pain. Um, I was just got health insurance. You know, I was young, vibrant, sure. 20 hours a day. I, yeah, I thought, you know, nothing could affect me. <laughs> but I had severe pain, mm. and um, they thought it was one thing. They said, oh, we're just going to do a, a, what's called laparoscopy. They just put a tube down your tummy, and they mm -hmm. see what's going on. Yeah. And it turned out, you know, and they asked me, well, you're feeling better. We can postpone this till next week. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, you're doing it now. So I said, now, nah, let's just do it now. Okay. And thank the Lord. He saved my life. Because wow. When they went in there, they discovered that I had been walking around with a ruptured appendix for two and a half weeks. Unbelievable. I had severe peritonitis. They were astounded that I was even alive. Wow. And it's like, I just looked, I said, well, Jesus loves me. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I, said, I told them that. And um, it began a very tumultuous, uh, rocky course over the next 30 years. Um, I was later diagnosed with a, one of the most severe cases of Crohn's disease that they oh, have no. ever seen in California. Yes. Wow. And I was actually sent to a doctor down in San Diego because they said there was no doctor where I live now that would be able to treat me. And after I had that surgery, a month later, I had another surgery, and I had to take out part of my colon. Oh my. And then I ended up having another surgery, three surgeries from September to December. Wow. And back in 92. And uh, 94 was a bit of a tumultuous year. I lost my husband. Oh. I lost my father five weeks later. But, oh. you know, Jesus knows what he's doing. I don't question him. I yeah. don't question him at all. Sure. I thought, okay, we're good. But my health took a little bit of a downspill because Crohn's disease can be stress-related. Yeah. It became exacerbated. I was in the hospital every other month. I was just failing and failing and failing. And finally, they did another surgery on me by the end of 94. Yes. And then uh, back in night, then I seemed to be doing okay. However, here comes another ugly head in, in 96, beginning of 96. Um, they, were, they were actually throwing everything at me. But the kids, I was taking approximately 16 different pills. I was on oh. high-dose steroids for, at wow. this point, four years. I'm talking about 40 milligrams a day, which is outrageous. Yes. You know, 10 is regarded as high. I'm taking 40. and But I'm just, I don't stop. I just continue going. And God just gave me this spirit. I just kept going and going and going. I'm in the hospital. I'm still going and going. They just looked at me and said, okay, you're crazy. But finally in 96, I became so weak and debilitated. I dropped down to about 80 pounds wow. of my normal 110. Yeah. I'm very, very thin, very frail. And they felt that they were definitely going to lose me. And finally in 
September of that year, they started decreasing my uh, steroid doses yes. because they decided that the only way to save me was to have a very, very radical surgery. Um, and they, But they couldn't do it with full-dose steroids because then they were very, very concerned because the skin becomes what's called friable. It shatters immediately, and they were scared. They suture things up. Everything's just going to explode. Wow. So they had to get me off the prednisone as fast as they could. They were able to get me down to 25 milligrams a day because you can't just cut it. You can't do that. Mm. You can die if they did that. And finally, they were able, they scheduled me for the surgery. I was, like I said, so weak and so so thin and very wasted. And they were going, this is what they were going to do. I had a phenomenal surgeon. Mm -hmm. Okay. They were going to, to cut out my spleen. They were going to cut out half my stomach. Oh. They were going to cut out my left kidney. Oh, they were going to cut out part of my pancreas. Oh. They were going to take out my gallbladder. Seriously. Seriously. What's left? And I Go said, ahead. I, I said to him, whatever you do, don't bag me. And what I mean by that is by performing ileostomy. Yeah, I know that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So uh, he said, I promise you that will be the last thing I will do. Mm -hmm. I said, well, you're taking out enough stuff as it is. Just <laughs> save my colon. Yeah, really? And he says, I'll do the best that I can. And um, to show you how bad I was, they allowed my family to come into the room, even, including my little two-year-old grandnephew, who's wow. only two at the time. They never let little babies into the room. No, they don't. They let my entire family walk me down to the operating room wow. because they thought I wasn't going to make it through the Incredible. surgery. Wow. And as the doctor called my mother over and said, okay, let's go over what we're going to do. Mm -hmm. And so he starts saying about the stomach and blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, I felt the Holy Spirit. I felt this great warmth all the way from my throat, all the way down my abdomen completely. <laughs> and I looked at the doctor as he's talking to my mother. I'm not really listening to him. And finally, I put my arm around him. I go, doctor. He says, yes. I say, you're not going to have to do any of that. What? He said, Barbara, the least I'm going to have to do is cut out part of your stomach, cut out your spleen. I might be able to save your kidney. I go, no, 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 no. You're not going to have to do any of that. He turned to my mother and he put his head down a little bit and he shook my head no. And my mother started crying because wow. she figured I was out of it. I was going to die. Yeah. And so I was in surgery for almost six full hours. That's a long time. Long time. And I started, I woke up in the recovery room mm -hmm. and there was my wonderful little doctor. He's just <laughs> looking at me. Now, you know, having been a trooper of multiple surgeries, the first words they say to you when you're coming out of anesthesia yeah. is always, how do you feel? Okay. My doctor didn't say that to me. My oh. doctor said to me, how did you know? <laughs> That's good. That, that's what he said to me. How did you know? I smiled and pointed upwards, and he looks at me, shakes his head yes, and he walked out. Awesome story. Wow. They took out nothing. nothing. They just cleaned up. Yep. I had a lot of scar tissue. They cleaned up yep. the scar tissue. They did a minor repair, and that was it. But it took a lot Incredible. of time because there's a ton of scar tissue, and they did one other procedure. But they, everything's there. Everything was left. Wow. Okay. Incredible, yeah. Barbara. What a grace. Yep.
And Jesus has been with me ever since. Another time I was at the fun center with my family, and all of a sudden I started hemorrhaging. Mm -hmm. I lost two pints. No, in two hours I lost six pints of blood. Unbelievable. I rushed to the hospital, and there was the Lord Jesus. Time slowed down, girl. Take it easy. I was in the hospital four days, walked out. Wow. That's crazy. I almost passed out. My potassium level dropped down to zilch. You have no energy. I, I was within hours of having wow. a heart attack. Wow. Wow. Within hours. And there was Jesus. Now you ain't going. Um, just a year, a year and a half ago, there we go again. Bam. I heard the whole, I, all of a sudden I had felt great weakness. I heard the Holy Spirit. Barbara, call 911 right now. I called 911 right now. Again, I came with out within hours of having a massive heart attack because all my electrolytes were just at the bottom level. Wow. I was ready to have a massive heart attack. Yeah. Wow. There was the Holy Spirit again. Saved me again. I've had nine incidences of near death within the same day to two days. I've oh. had six major surgeries. I've had four other surgeries just to keep this whole little girl alive so yeah. she can do these divine mercy conferences. Exactly. And, and you know, we say we're all on borrowed time, but literally yeah. uh, you have uh, been on borrowed time for years, and you've made the best <laughs> of that time by, by yep. trying to introduce people to the person of Christ through these yeah. conferences. Any more about your story? Because I want to shift to... We're going to be taking a break in a minute here, but I want to ask you, uh, you re- your response to our Lord by giving you more time to serve him, uh, what do you feel compelled to do? And obviously it's these conferences that you're doing because you are a woman on fire. When I first met you, I thought, geez, I, I got my match here. This girl, she's got more energy than I do. <laughs> so I love it. And I, and I love working with you because I know you are committed to the faith yeah. you're committed to introducing people to the person yeah. of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And if you haven't got, I mean, you can tell me more about your, your own life, but I want to shift if we can. And at the, after the break into what you started doing with these divine mercy uh, conferences and the big one that's coming up October yeah. 7th. I want to talk about that because I want people yeah. to know about how they can come to hear Bishop Strickland, father, uh, father Don Calloway, a uh, father, uh, uh, Frank Pavone and others yes. that are going to be there because I plan to be there. I know. Um, yes, you yeah. are. So I'm just excited about this event. Anything else about how God has given you this time? Hang on one second. Uh, he says we're going to take this break, and for at 4:30. So we got we got another fourth in two minutes. Barb, let me just ask you this, because when I met you, you were just like one focused woman about getting people to meet Christ. You do that not just at conferences. I know you well enough that when you meet somebody on the street, wherever, you're sharing that gospel with them. And I think yeah. that, you know, I want to hear after this break a little story or two of how you've how you've met somebody who totally is a stranger and you're talking to them about the kingship of Jesus Christ. Okay. Uh, I'm speaking to Barbara, who's putting on conferences, Divine Mercy conferences. She's got a big one coming up on the Feast of the Holy Rosary. What a great day to have a conference. Uh, Bishop Joseph Strickland will be there, Father Don Calloway, Father Frank Pavone, and others are going to be there. And I'm going to tell you how you can register. Right now, Barb, how can people register for that event? We have two ways. You can call me, Mm -hmm. Mm 951 
319-319-0927 or email me at barb, B-A-R-B-D-M, Divine Mercy, 223. That's my birthday, so don't forget it and send me presents at gmail.com. <laughs> I love your sense of humor. And and again, I would encourage people to, to come to it. I think, what's the capacity of how many tickets do you still have left? Because people should move on this. Is it like 1,000 uh, or 800? How many people can come to this? Over 2,000. Oh, time out. I mean, 2,000 people. Let's fill the place. You can give Barbara a call or email her because I got a feeling by October, it's going to be too late. You need to do this now. Yes. So, yes. hey, when we come back, I want to ask Barbara a question about evangelization, and then we'll get right into some of these conferences she's putting on. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse show. Jess is out today. This is uh, Friday, and we are talking about evangelization. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. I like to tell people about good events. We have a, an event coming up in August with the Opus Angelorum, the work of the holy angels. I have three priests coming to the Sacred Heart Chapel starting August 28th, 29th, and 30th. And the, uh, we have mass, confessions, we have holy mass, conferences, starting at 5.30 in the evening. The conference is free. You, you can do a free will offering to the priests. That they're coming all the way from Rome. The superior of the group, of the order of the canon regulars, will be here. And I guarantee you, you'll, you'll love it. You'll prepare yourself to have a closer relationship with your guardian angel. Judging from what I'm hearing about Barbara's story, her guardian angel has been working way overtime. And I just want to mention one more thing about Fulton Sheen. You see the sign behind me if you're watching on YouTube, Full Sheen Ahead. We decided to do a conference a week after the big conference Barb's doing. It's called A Day with Fulton Sheen. And we've got a gentleman, a doctor, who is promoting the beatification of Fulton Sheen. And we're going to be talking about Bishop Sheen's writings. And you get to know Fulton Sheen better. That'll be on the 7th, excuse me, on the 14th of October. You can go to vmpr.org to register for that event, A Day with Fulton Sheen. I've got Barbara here, and I before I get to the conference she's putting on, the Feast of the Holy Rosary of Divine Mercy that she does each year, I want to ask her, because this is a woman of faith, and you know you don't get away from Barbara without being evangelized. So, Barb, share, <laughs> share with us some of the stories that you've had with just complete strangers. Okay. Um, I'm ready. I, I think this is probably my coolest story yeah. is that um, I was at home and this gentleman knocks on my door yeah. and he's trying to sell free carpet cleaning that mm -hmm. so you buy his Kirby vacuum. I said, it's a Kirby. We have one here. No, thank you. And all of a sudden he was in his early 40s and he just starts looking at me and he starts telling me his life story. And he goes, wow. I don't know why I'm telling you this. I just feel like something about you. I have to tell you this. And he started telling me that he's had a life of drugs hmm. and that he's trying to go straight and he's trying to stay sober. And wow. that's why he has this job. And I started talking to him about our Lord Jesus. Amen. And I said, do you know who Jesus is? And he goes, well, not really, but I'm not much of a God person. And I said to him, 
become a God person. You want to save your life, don't you? <laughs> the only way you're going to save your life is through him. Mm. And even if you lose this earthly life, you're going to still save your life because you're going to end up in eternity. Yes. Now, where do you want to go for eternity? You want to be in heaven or do you want to be in hell? It's a great choice. question. I love it. And, and he looks at me and goes, oh, I said, I said, you know, there's a reason why you came to this door. I said, I want you to know something. Our Lord, I got, sometimes I get emotional here. I'm sorry. You should. Sometimes our Lord Jesus, he reserves his greatest mm -hmm. divine mercy for the most hardened sinner. That's right. So Jesus loves you. I said, don't you realize that he has given you the greatest love you will ever know mm. in your life? And he looks at me and he started crying. I bet. And I said, you're not junk. Jesus doesn't make junk. Amen. He says, you have a great future for you. All you have to do is let Jesus repair your heart. Yep. And he looked at me and he said, can I give you a hug? I said, oh, I yeah. I gave him a big hug. Good. And said, now I know why I was compelled to talk to you. Yep. I just want to let you know that I was going to go home tonight and kill myself. What a story. Yep. Oh, I'm sorry. A beautiful <laughs> testimony. Yeah. Yeah. And through me, Jesus reached out and he touched Jesus and he let Jesus save him. Yes. I love stories like that because, you know what, Barb? You didn't need to have a Ph.D. in theology to do what you did. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. You cared enough for him to share the gospel. We need to emulate yeah. that. So that's a yeah. powerful power. You know what, Barb? I like storytelling. Can you tell? You know me well enough. Yeah. Give me another story, girl. <laughs> okay. Um, I have a tendency when I go out, like, shopping or everything, you know, yeah. I'm a little bit of a— sloppy kind of person. I'm not out to impress the world. Right. Trust me on that. Yeah. Okay. I wear, I like, I'm a t-shirt gal, t-shirt and jeans. Good. But my t-shirts are Christian t-shirts. Right. They communicate Jesus a powerful message. Yes. Uh, Jesus is king. The devil whispered to me, you can't survive the storm. I am a woman of God. Amen. I am a woman of strength. I am the storm. <laughs> I am strong. I was born to do this. That's St. Joan of Arc. Good. One of my favorite I bet. things. I can I'm see that. I born to do this. I go into these stores and I wear, sometimes I wear a saying on the back, a saying in front. And mm -hmm. I just have my supply of Christian t-shirts and Good. I go shopping. Invariably, somebody will come up to me and go, I like your shirt, and we're in the middle of the supermarket, and we are fellowshipping. We are talking about our Lord Jesus. Good. And you want to know something? Tell me. We're not alone, because all of a sudden, there's five or six people just looking at us, yep. and they're standing and listening. Yep. See? that That's an easy way to evangelize. I have an easier way where everybody can evangelize. It's so easy, but it means so much Amen. to people. Amen. When you're in the store, any store, and that cashier says to you, have a good day, don't reply, have a good day. Reply, God bless you. Amen. I've been doing that for 15 years, and only one time this young gentleman, I'll be polite, yeah. gentleman, late teens, early 20s, snarls at me. Yeah. Everybody, young, old, middle-aged, black, white, whatever, yeah. will smile and say, 
God bless you too. Well, Barb, what you just said, yeah. yesterday I was with my three-and-a-half-year-old grandson at Puddingstone Lake for a little walk around the lake, and we went to the little picnic area and then the, the playground area, and he was going down the slide and jumping on the monkey bars, and a mother was chasing her little three-and-a-half-year-old <laughs> towards the playground, and of course, we wanted, they, they, they locked on eyes, like, oh, boy, here comes a kid, I get to play more now. Well, when the mother came chasing the little girl, I said, Mom, you're doing a great job. Keep up the good work. God bless you. And she said, thank you. Well, I'm for, here's by just saying that, God bless you, and we can all do that, I hope, uh, she caught herself saying foul, foul language to me, uh, and she said, oh, I'm so sorry. I said, well, don't be sorry. Be sorry to our Lord. You know, yeah. it's, it offends him more than it offends me. And then the husband comes up about a minute later, and he's on the phone using foul language. And I pick up my grandson, and we go to another area of the park. The point I'm trying to convey is a witness of just saying, God bless you, can really send a message of what we call living in the presence of God. And I think when people see the joy you have, Barb, they're going to want what you have. Am I right or wrong on that? I hope so. Yeah, they do. Don't you ever get that? Barbara, don't you ever get that where someone says to you, I, I, I like what, I mean, you have an you know, attitude of gratitude. You're so, you're so on fire for the faith. How do I get that? And I get that a lot. And I always share with them about living in the presence of God, that when we are in the presence of God, moment by moment, we stay faithful to our duties in our state of life. And every action becomes like a blank check. We give it to God. And Barb, that's where I want to shift gears to what you're doing now with all of your efforts and your energy towards evangelization. You've made a big, huge step with putting this conference together October 7th. Tell us about what's involved and what people are going to get out of coming to the conference in October. Well, first off, we're celebrating the Feast of Our Lady of the Holy Rosary. Amen. Amen. Don't forget, my friends, the most powerful weapon in the mm. world is the Holy Rosary. Amen. Nobody can stop a woman with that rosary. <laughs> no one, ladies. Yes. I love it. Okay. With our conference, what we're hoping to do, what I want to do Tell me. is have people really learn to trust our Lord Jesus Amen. 100%. Yes. Way too many times over the past 15 years is actually 15 years ago is when I discovered divine mercy myself. I haven't always been a proponent of divine mercy. I never even heard of it until 15 years ago. Incredible. Yes. And so it's just, to be honest, it's taken over my life and I have no problem doing that. (laughs) Okay. But people have got to look at our Lord and trust him. Not, oh, Barbara, I have this problem. My daughter is sick. I said, Give it to our Lord Jesus. I said, have trust in him. Have faith in him. Jesus, I trust in you. And what I mean by that, you say, Lord Jesus, here's my daughter. Take care of her for me. And you stop worrying. Hmm. The minute you continue worrying, you're showing a lack of faith and not trusting Jesus. Yes. And I'll tell people that and they go, well, I do. But you said, but. (laughs) No, you don't. No, you don't. Giving the Lord directly that problem, I guarantee you, he may say yes, he may say no, 
but he is not going to ignore you, and he will take care of that problem, no matter what it is. I have seen mm-hmm. stage four glioblastoma in a nine-month-old baby that had oh. less than a week to live mm. that was dying. Yes. I saw that child turn 14 years old this year. Awesome. Awesome. That is faith in God. Amen. 100%. And that is the greatest evangelization because yes. Je- that's what Jesus did. Yes. That's what the apostles did. They performed these miracles. That's to convince people because people, they're rude in a way. They, they have to see with their own eyes what the Lord can do. And the reality is every single one of us, all of us, we need to be Jesus' feet. We need to be his hands, we need to be his ears, and we have to be his eyes. But most important, we have to be his voice. Wow. Jesus isn't here physically, but we are. Amen. Barb, how can people come to the conference again? Give us the phone number and the website. Okay. Okay. My telephone number is 951-319-0927. My email is barb. When we come back, I got a story of prayer. Father Aloysius' story about a woman who's a nun. Wait to hear this story. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, Here's Terry and Jesse. She's been sharing the gospel with us and her stories. And I wanted to share one story about a priest, Father Aloysius, whose cause is up for beatification and sainthood. And what Barb told us about the little baby uh, having a week to live, and now she's 14 years old. Here's the story I'm going to share. Father Aloysius was uh, alive back in the 1970s. I met him. He blessed me. Uh, I used to go to prayer meetings with him when I was a teenager. And he was a very holy man. Well, my good friend Fidel Jimenez, his daughter, was just born, three months old, and she had leukemia. And the doctor said, you better make arrangements for your daughter's death because she's not going to make it. So he brought the baby to L.A. where Father Aloysius had just been recovering from open-heart surgery and wanted to see Father Aloysius and ask for a blessing because he knew through, his, through Father Aloysius our Lord could, could save the baby if, if it was God's will. And so when he went there, Father Aloysius told Fidel, Fidel, go home. Your daughter has been healed. I didn't even bless him. No, I, you got, you go home. Well, when the doctors checked her out because Fidel said check the blood, she was completely healed. That little girl grew up and is a Catholic nun with uh, the mother's Mother Lily's group. Today, she is a nun, and she spends her time making atonement before the Blessed Sacrament. And I was just with her months ago, and I, like I said, I knew her as a little girl. Now she's a bride of Christ. Now, what does that say? But what did Barbara just say about asking for more faith? This is something we need to do every single day of our life. And, right. and I want to just give a, a quote from Bishop Strickland, who's going to be at your conference. Uh, because I believe he is the he's America's bishop. Uh, are you ready for this, Barb? No, nobody knows this yet, but we're putting together Bishop Strickland's tweets, and there's going to be a new book that's coming out 
uh, uh-huh. that will be, uh, and I love this title. See if you like this title, because I know you're the you you you're, you're the Lone Star Bishop shoots from the hip. I love it. <laughs> Here's what he said in a tweet, and this is what you're going to get when you go to Barbara's conference. He says, "Glory wins when we are confused, disheartened, and betrayed. We all are like that sometimes. Remember, glory wins." When truth is attacked, and as it is attacked, twisted, even by those who promise to guard it, when a false gospel is pushed down our throats, remember, glory wins. When the cor- corruptors are promoted, remember, we have that right now going in the church. Yeah. He said, remember, glory wins. This is a bishop of faith, and if you go to the conference on October 7th, I think it's a fair statement that you'll be able to meet Bishop Strickland, because he's the kind of guy at our conferences when he comes he takes the time to give you blessings, and he'll stay there for whatever time it takes to be with you and to talk with you. And Barb, uh, this conference that's coming up with Father Don yeah. Calloway, you have him there almost every year, and uh, that tells We're you something. Home. Pardon me? Where is home away from home? Yeah, there you go. Home away from home. There you yeah. go. Tell us more he about the conference. Yes, he does. Tell he us loves more. our conference. Tell us about your conference so I can get people to, to join in, come to that conference. Why? What are they going to get out of this conference? What are they going to get? They're going to get divine mercy. They're Amen. going to get their faith stirred. Mm-hmm. They're going to get that desire to love Jesus Amen. more, mm-hmm. to love Jesus the way our mother wants us to love him. That's a good way. She wants to look at us, to look at Jesus. Mm-hmm. And yes, we adore him and we worship him. But he's also her son. She wants her son to be loved as a son. She wants her son to be, he, she wants him to be our best friend. Mm-hmm. She wants us to sit there before his picture and just talk to him. Amen. Like he's our buddy sitting Amen. right here next to us. All right, you got yes. it. Well said. And again, Barbara, I'm going to interrupt you because nobody writes down the number. you got to do it at least three or four times to get it right. How, what's okay. the 951 number? What, how can people contact you to register for it? Okay. 951-951-9500. Mm-hmm. Got it. And the okay. website for the email, I should say? Your email? The email is Barb, my name, Barb, B-A-R-B. DM for Divine Mercy 223 at com. And Barb, what city is this going to be held in so people have an idea where what location it'll be at? Riverside Convention Center. Got it. Yep, that's where we used to have yeah. our biblical studies conferences every year there. Beautiful people. Now, it's a beautiful setting there. It's absolutely, that place is absolutely gorgeous. And what we do with our conference that very few conferences mm-hmm. do sure. is that we include your morning coffee and pastry. Awesome. We're going to have a giant sandwich buffet, all awesome. you want, all different kinds of sandwiches and snacks and <laughs> all your drinks. All that is included. Awesome. We, we don't want you to get hungry. Not at all. Ooh. I also toss in a little gift bag for you, too. Good. Good. Well, that's awesome, yeah. Barb. I'm, I'm happy to, that that's happening. And again, yeah, these are conferences that build your faith up because let me tell you one thing you're going to get also that Barb didn't mention. You're going to meet people at this conference for the first time and say, wow, they, they think like I do. They're, they're on fire for the faith. These are friends that you're going to meet and they're going to be lifelong friends for the future. And I think that's so valuable in the in the days that we're living in where sometimes we just don't get that friendship at a local parish because 
the reason is, I'll just be honest with you, that they're not on fire for the faith. They're compromising things. You will not find any compromise at this conference. The bar will not be lowered. It will be raised high because Jesus Christ is our model. That's right. That's right. It's about time yeah. we stop being sheep. It's about time. <laughs> We stop being cowards. Exactly, Barb. We need to proclaim our faith. We cannot let them see us be weak. We have to be strong. Yep. And simply saying, I love Jesus, shows strength. Yes. Because we have to make these people realize, just like when almost 10,000 people marched in front of Dodger Stadium, how dare you blaspheme our Lord and Blessed Mother? How dare you? They got a little bit of a message. Yes. Of course, of course, a bigger message would have been if the stadium was empty. I would have liked that better. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Barb, you know, Father Calloway has this new book, The Chaste oh. Heart of St. Joseph. He's going to be on our show the 7th of August, so that's next week. And I bet he will have—I'm showing the people the book right now on YouTube. That book will be at the conference, and people can pick that up because it's a brand-new book. That's another reason— to get there, I'm sure Father will sign these books when he's at oh, the conference. Is that a fair statement? Without a doubt. Yeah. And you want to know, one thing I love about Father Don mm-hmm. is that he's absolutely one of the most humble human beings oh, yeah. I've ever met in my entire life. Yep. Um, he will stay, the line could be around the block. Oh, yeah. And he and looks at you as though you're the only person yep. in the world. He signs your books. If you want a picture with him, he'll gladly oblige you. He, I've never heard him say, well, I got to go. I can't do this. Yep. Never. I agree with he, you. Uh, he stays. He's awesome. He's an amazing He's priest. Awesome. I met him yes. when he was first newly ordained. He came to our Sacred Heart wow. Chapel, gave his no turning back conversion story, and the world was exposed to him and he's, yes. he's been doing books, dozens of books, and he's on fire, and he's orthodox. He loves yes, Our Lady, loves St. Joseph, and he's a man. I always say it this way in a spiritual battle. If I've got a battle on my hands, I want, I want Father Don Calloway in my camp because he is yes. a warrior for the faith. Is that a fair statement? Yes, he is. Yeah. Yes, he is. Yeah. And this is a little tidbit about him that Tell most me. people don't know that I find absolutely fantastic. Tell me. Okay, I, you know, I call him every now and then. We just I call and we just talk. Sure. We just have a chit-chat. Yeah. He has never ignored my calls. If he's out of town, he'll text me, oh, I'm in Europe. I'll get back to you the oh, yeah. day I get back. Yeah. He'll call me the day he gets back. Yeah. He calls me if he, I have to leave a message. He calls me within 24 hours. Sometimes he'll just text me, hey, how you doing? Yep, he's just that way. a kind human being. Oh, he is. Very, very kind. He's the real deal. He, 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 he is the real deal. He has a great sense of humor, too. Oh, oh my gosh, yeah. we cut up. Oh, yeah. We have lots of fun, huh? Well, good. I'm glad to hear that. Now, Barb, one more time for those who didn't yeah. write the number down. I like to repeat a lot. So, 951 319 0927. Awesome. Awesome. And email is barb, B-A-R-B-D-M-223 at gmail.com. Um, we t- accept checks, money orders, um, 
credit cards, if you want to use a credit card, call me. Yes. Okay, we don't charge extra if you use a credit card. We're absorbing the cost. Exactly. Another thing about this conference is that we're actually doing this conference independently of the diocese, and that's simply because I was asked by the diocese to not invite Father Frank Pavone. Yeah. I, no I, I, I don't do that. I gave my word. I am a person of my word. Yeah. I will not kick somebody when they're down. So right. I was advised by several higher ups at our church. I just do it yourself. So I'm doing it myself. Sure. Um, but the benefit of this is that all net proceeds after all our expenses. Yeah. And just to let you know, the only people that get paid are our speakers and our guests and our awesome. musicians. That's it. Um, uh, I do this for over a year. I don't take a dime except for some expensive expenses, the sure. little expenses I absorb. Yeah. Um, all the proceeds are going to right to life groups. Awesome. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. We're saving babies. Yeah. We're saving babies. Awesome. That's what we're doing. Barb, yeah. I'm so glad we had a chance to talk about your own personal journey with Jesus and also your conferences that you're putting on. You're a woman of faith. I said that at the beginning, and I think people now realize you're the real deal and that you're here yeah to help people fall deep in love with Jesus yeah. Christ and his bride, the church. One last time, phone number for them to go to your conference and email. 951 Yes, ma'am. 3190927. Great. Well, e email barb B A R B D M for divine mercy 223 at gmail.com. Wonderful. I want to thank you for joining me today, Barb. You had a, you've got a busy schedule with this conference coming up. And I hope and pray our listeners will take heed to go to this conference. I'll see you guys there. So I appreciate okay. your time, Barb, and God bless you. And Real quick, yep. real quick, Terry. Hit it. You live a distance. We have a block of hotels at the Marriott. Oh, good. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. Yep. Okay. All right. Thanks, Barb. Folks, I hear the music. That means if Jesse was here, I'd say, Jesse, what state should we be living in? He'd say, Terry, the state of grace. And how do we do that? By frequent in the sacraments of confession. We go to Holy Mass. We do Eucharistic adoration. We pray our rosary, living in the presence of God. And remember Our Lady of Fatima said, souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. Are we willing to make sacrifices for the salvation of souls? Go to the Barb's Conference and, you know, make a sacrifice of your time and offer that to our Lord for the salvation of souls. And remember this, never worry about who will be offended if you speak the truth. Worry about who will be misled, deceived, and destroyed if you don't speak the truth. And that's what you're going to get at the Divine Mercy Conference. It's coming up October 7th. May God richly bless you and your family. God bless you.